Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is live coverage of the NHL and Florida Panthers 2022 draft on the home of the Florida Panthers. AM 560 Sports WQAM. FM 99.9 HD2 and streaming on the Odyssey app. Sponsored by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. By Gunther Motor Company. For car buying done your way, you've got to get to Gunther. By JetBlue, the official airline of the Florida Panthers. And by Lexus of Kendall and Lexus of West Kendall. The new lineup of Lexus IS sedans and RX SUVs are now in stock and ready for immediate delivery. Call 305-KENDALL. Let's go. Here are Panthers announcers Doug Plagans and Randy Moeller. Welcome back in. Hour number three of our NHL draft coverage. Night number one, the first round in full force. Doug Plagans, Red Deer, Randy Moeller here with you. Danny Garcia, great work as always on the other side of the glass here with you this evening. We've got you till 10 o'clock tonight, so about 58 minutes to go for those of you scoring at home. We're back with you again tomorrow, noon to two, rounds two through seven, and that's when things will get busy for the Florida Panthers. They don't pick until the third round, pick 93 as things currently stand, of course, crazier things have happened. We'll see how things play out as we get closer to that point in time. But the Panthers set to make their first selection at pick number 93. That will be tomorrow. They pick in the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round. They've got two picks in the sixth, and then they'll pick again in round number seven. So looking back through what's going on here this evening, by the way, we'll recap all the picks here in just a moment. The Panthers' schedule is, of course, out at FloridaPanthers.com. You can download that. Panthers fans, be sure to join the 93 Society. Stay up to date on all things Panthers. Be first to know about ticket pre-sales, events, and much more. Sign up now, FloridaPanthers.com slash newsletter. Recapping the first 14 picks now in the draft. Things kicked off. Montreal took Yuri Slavkovsky first. Simone Nemitz, number two to New Jersey, a defenseman. Logan Cooley, a center, going number three to Arizona. Shane Wright, who a lot of folks thought was going to go number one. He went number four to the Seattle Kraken. Cutter Gauthier went to the Flyers at number five, a left winger. David Juracek went to the Blue Jackets at number six, a defenseman out of the Czech Republic. Kevin Korczynski to the Chicago Blackhawks at number seven, a defenseman. The Red Wings took center Marco Casper at number eight. Matthew Savoy, a center, going to Buffalo at number nine. Pavel Mintukov, a defenseman, going to Anaheim at number 10. Connor Geeky, a center, going to the Coyotes at number 11. Denton Matejchuk, 
defenseman to Columbus at number 12. Frank Nazar, a center, going number 13 to Chicago. And Rutger McGrordy going to the Jets at number 14. That's where we are right now. Yep. Randy, 14 picks in the books, and uh, four of those 14 coming from that Team USA national team development program. So yeah. uh, a pretty consistent clip for them, and that's come to be expected in the early rounds of the draft. It's so impressive, the that development program, and what they – they set out a plan a number of years ago and, and how they go about their business, and now it is just smooth sailing. It's like a machine, and uh, pretty well everybody gets drafted or mm-hmm. uh, gets an opportunity to play at a very high level. Um, kudos to the U.S. Uh, national de- uh, development. Yeah, they, uh, it's based there in Plymouth, Michigan. All the, the kids go there from around the country, a lot of them coming from that Detroit area, but kids coming from all mm-hmm. over, Minnesota, uh, you know, Massachusetts, all the different hockey hotbeds, but you got kids going there from Texas and California yep. and, and you know from all over the country now to go play for, uh, for that program up there in Michigan. And as Randy said, uh, for the better part of a couple of decades now, just picking up a ton of steam yeah. every year. Uh, just churning out talent in the draft, and and and, a, and uh, not even a side story is how impressive the uh, Slovakian uh, Youth Hockey Association. Yeah, one over two. There. They went one and two, and uh, that obviously that's the first time in history for the uh, for the Slovaks. Denton Matejchuk, Randy uh, went to the Blue Jackets number twelve. Played for Moose Jaw in the Western Hockey League. What can you tell us about Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan? Well, it's about three feet from the moose's um, hindquarters. Oh, that, that, that's one. You, you walked right into that one, Doug. Um, moose jaw is one of those typical Western Canadian uh, agricultural towns. A lot of grain, a lot of uh, cattle, uh, oil. And uh, good people, and they love their hockey. Yeah, they've uh, Moose Jaw has been a staple team in the Western Hockey League for a long time now. So yep. another first-round pick coming from there. So the first round rolling on, we talked about what the Panthers have coming up. Uh, just going back to the Shane Wright-Yuri Slavkovsky discussion that we had earlier on in the evening, it was believed that this was the big decision that was being made, the big debate. Who was going to go number one? Well, one of them went number one. One of them didn't go till number four. Slavkovsky, well, they're both 18, but Slavkovsky, 6'4", 218 as an 18-year-old. He's going to get bigger and stronger and maybe ready to step right in right now and play uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Left shot and had some big showings against professional caliber players whether it was playing pro over there in Europe playing in the Olympics he had uh, nine points in eight games at the world championships playing against a lot of NHL players in that tournament as well so he had a good showing that's the interesting thing Randy a lot of the guys that come from Europe even if the stats don't jump off the page at you a lot of these guys at 17 years old have gotten experience playing against professionals over there, playing against Anton guys Lundell. Who are, yeah, playing against guys who are late 20s into their 30s, playing against guys who have experience. Maybe even if it's just a little bit, guys that have played in the National Hockey League. And sometimes when you get guys that come from over there, you see that there's maybe a, a, a I guess a a hockey matur- maturity, if you will, because they played against pros. Well, I, what, what impresses me, and they, and they show, uh, you know, obviously we're following along on uh, ESPN's coverage of these players that are getting drafted, and you see the reaction of their families. The mothers are in the stands, and that is the size and the skill. And yep. they show the videos of uh, some highlights of these players and the moves that they make and handling the puck. 
And at 6'3", 210, 215 pounds, that's pretty impressive when you're 17, 18 years old. And a lot of these guys, they we, we talked with Jamison Olive about development camp coming up. And when these guys come in and they go to development camp and the Panthers are going to have their development camp next week, we talked about it with George Richards as well. Uh, not only is there, you know, are there on-ice sessions, but there is a lot of off-ice uh, yeah, as teachings, well. Yeah. And teach, as you say, yeah, teaching uh, sessions where the players learn what it takes to be a professional, what goes into the process of, of being a pro hockey player. And, Randy, maybe you can speak to this, but as things have evolved, it seems like these guys come in now with uh, with a knowledge, a I base would. of knowledge yeah. uh, when they step in. And and for you, maybe when, when you were getting your feet wet in the National Hockey League, it was probably a lot of trial by fire and learn on the fly. That was it. And my first roommate was Moose DuPont. He was 36. I was 19. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I wish that, that I had in my, my group, um, you know, in the early eighties when we were drafted, had these opportunities, like there was no rookie camps, there was no development camps or, and to be able to come in and, and, and try and get acclimated and, and I, the, the, the NHL teams do a phenomenal job and, and the Panthers are just one of them that bring them in and, and teach them about nutrition, not only nutrition, but also, how to train um, new things that have popped up over the last number of years, how to deal with media, social media, mm-hmm. the do's and don'ts of uh, social media, Twitter and Facebook and that, how that can derail or as the old saying, uh, you can get a bad reputation in five minutes and it'll take you five years to get rid of that that bad reputation. And um, these players now are getting the, the tutelage of, of what it takes to be a pro how to handle yourself, not only on the ice, off the ice. And, and Jamison brought that up. And uh, and it's not really – they don't bring these players in. It's not a training camp. Right. We're not going to sit here – It's not and evaluation. Evaluation on the ice. Oh, that was a bad pass. Or, oh, man, that was a great move. They, just to bring the players in, um, introduce them to maybe some new equipment. And uh, a lot of the skate companies and the stick companies will be there – and, and, and order their skates and their sticks and equipment. Get them to know the trainers, the coaching staff, the people that are in the organization. The facilities, the area. The fa- yeah, yep. the facilities and that. And get them all together as well and uh, get introduced to the the second the guy that was drafted in the second round and the fourth round and the, and the sixth round or whatever. And uh, that's how you, you start with – start building a team Uh, I'm all for it I think it's fabulous and I just wish that I had that opportunity when I was 18 years old because I came in with eyes wide open and I was green as grass coming off the prairies of Alberta and going to Quebec where they don't speak a lot of English especially at that time Um, although my experience was fabulous I wish I, I, I made some mistakes and and I uh, had to learn on the fly. And you you had, you know, I know when you were coming in with Quebec, was it Dale Hunter was there. He would have been a younger guy. Michelle Goulet was there, right, a younger guy. But you guys, yeah. it was probably a lot of you guys just kind of just feeling it out as you went, right? That's it's- it. Yeah, it, it was. It was. It was uh, It was trial by error. And you learned some stuff, and then you learned, had to learn very quickly. Um, I was a veteran-laden team that I went on, and they were starting to get younger a little bit, and I was st- started the – of kind of a youth movement and but uh, the way they they handle these kids now and I mentioned before it's not only even when after they get drafted in development camp then rookie camp main camp that um, but how impressed these how impressive these these players are these young players so when they get to this level where they are drafted they're very mature they're very well spoken and and driven and they they they've been they've been guided 
guided by uh, their families and coaches and handlers and that to what they expect long before they get up on that podium after they've been picked by an NHL team. It starts when they're mm-hmm. 12, 13, 14 years old and Bantams to midgets to, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a whole evolution. And um, there's some that, that, that fall through the cracks and, and, and don't always reach their potential, but uh, a lot of them do and, and they're prepared for it. I mean, we just saw, I mean, look at – Guys that have that are that are Florida Panthers right now. I mean, look at how the maturity and well spoken of Anton Lundell. Mm-hmm. I mean, amazing. I mean, you, you'd think this guy was in the league for five years, first year in the NHL, and how would he handled himself and that. And uh, and then again too, the players. You know, there's good leadership. Barkov takes takes Lundell under his wing, and he learned a lot from him and how he works and his his work ethic and how he handles himself not only off on the ice but off the ice. That's 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 what you want to do, and that's how you build a, a contending team and a winning team for a long time. Yeah, it's going to go a long way for Anton Lundell, too, because a, a lot of guys, when they step in young in the National Hockey League, they might be with a team that's in transition, a team that's rebuilding. Anton Lundell had a chance to step into a team with high expectations that was used to winning, where he could learn from a lot of good players and a lot of veterans. That's going to serve him really well in the long term. And the thing with Anton Lundell as well, he had a, a father that played professionally over in Finland, so I'm I'm sure he got to observe a little bit. And also, Randy, we can't forget that in mentioning Anton Lundell, he has a draft-eligible brother as -hmm. well. Casper Lundell is uh, draft-eligible. So we'll see if that's a name that comes off the board at some point over the next uh, couple of days. So something to monitor there. A couple of picks made, both coming out of Sweden. At number 15, the Canucks selecting right-winger Jonathan Lakaramaki. And then uh, Noah Ostland going to Buffalo at number 16, a centerman, both playing for Jurgarden over in Sweden. So coming from the same team, going number 15 and number 16. So that's where we are right now in our draft coverage. We will step aside when we come back. We've got Sean Rourke from NHL.com. We'll reflect back a little bit on the season that was, talk about the draft being in person once again, talk about uh, the Panthers last season as well. So lots to get to on the other side of the break. Sean Rourke, director of editorial at NHL.com, stopping by straight ahead. Doug Plagans, Randy Moeller here with you. We continue our hour number three coverage. We're with you till 10 o'clock here this evening night one of the nhl draft more to come on the other side of the break this is 560 sports wqa time for more florida panthers nhl draft coverage on the home of the panthers am 560 sports wqam fm 99.9 hd2 and streaming on the odyssey app Everybody, welcome back. It's our draft coverage with you till 10 o'clock. Doug Plagans, Randy Moeller. Panthers fans, secure your seats for this upcoming season. Sign up for our open house select seat event on July 13th at FloridaPanthers.com. We'll get to our conversation with Sean Rourke, director of editorial at NHL.com in just a moment. Uh, Joe Sackick winning the Jim Gregory Award, GM of the Year in the National Hockey League. And Certainly uh, another year where Bill Zito uh, could have been right in the mix for that award, but uh, the general manager of the Stanley Cup champion Avalanche winds up taking that one home. Randy, you knew Joe Sackick when he first burst onto the scene, uh, when he was an 18-year-old coming to his first training camp with the Quebec Nordiques. And you knew right away that he was going to be a special player. My goodness, what what, – 
a little bit on the on the small side mm-hmm. when he was drafted and became the training camp. But the skill, you could just tell that he was going to be something special. Was that wrist shot always there? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was always there, and uh, yeah, and not only just a special player on the ice, but off the ice and the way he conducted himself. I uh, remind me a lot of like Aaron Ekblad, very mature, um, went about his business, um, never an issue off the ice or anything like that, and uh, just enjoyed playing the game and then continued to excel. And what a career he had, both on on the ice as a player and now as a general manager. Now you talk about sticking to the process, uh, the Avalanche. Uh, not long ago, they were right down there in the basement at the bottom of the standings, and then they had a couple of premature playoff exits, but boy, did they get over the hump this year, winning the Stanley Cup and a heck of a team that he was able to assemble there. So Get ready. Uh, congratulations. That's, the, yeah. that's, that's the style of play that's going to win Stanley Cups now. Speed. Yeah. It, it's the speed and skill. And, yeah, at the right moment, you're going to need some goaltending. You're going to need some, you know, the the um, the, the rare uh, shot block or mm-hmm. a big penalty kill or, you know, a big back check or something like that. But it majority is just it's skill and offense and uh, I just love the way the game is going and the Panthers are uh, constructed by Bill Zito and it's going to be fun to be see the way that Paul Maurice puts a stamp on this team but they are uh, on track to be in that contending mix for a long time let's get into our conversation now with uh, Sean Rourke from NHL.com and uh, we get right into it reflecting on this past season and uh, well Sean talks about uh, early on the way he took the playoffs what he thought of the stanley cup playoffs which uh, just recently concluded it, it's amazing it, re- it really is as you can tell by my voice being a little uh a little off um there's been a lot of talking with people you haven't seen in a long time i want to thank you for having me on by doing it now you stop me from going to duns to have smoked meat for the second time on my three-day trip so far so you're providing public service to me oh well, you, you can't go wrong with duns uh, you can't go wrong with a montreal smoked meat sandwich and i'm always trying to find ways to replicate it the best that I can outside of Montreal. But uh, one of my favorite food items on the NHL circuit, no doubt about it. Uh, Sean, let's dive in first, taking a little bit of a look back at uh, this past season, I guess, from the overall uh, league perspective, just starting with the way things finished out. Uh, The Colorado Avalanche got it done. Is that uh, what you kind of saw happening as things were going through the playoffs? and, And what did you take away from the playoffs as a whole? Yeah, no, I thought the playoffs were great. I thought the hockey was great. I, you know, I'm not going to toot my own horn too loud, but when the playoffs started, I had the Avalanche beating the Lightning in seven. So I was off by one game and I thought we were going to get a game seven, but uh, it did not work out that way, unfortunately. Um, But, you know, I I thought it was great. And, you know, you look at the Colorado Avalanche and they had had so many disappointments. um, And you just kind of felt like they had put it all together. They had gotten the pieces they needed and they had learned the lessons that they needed to learn. And they were by far the best team. And, and I think, and I know this probably won't play too well with the Panthers, but I, I think the Lightning should get all the credit in the world for making it a series because I thought the disparity between the two teams was pretty evident um, in, in skill and speed and freshness. And then obviously Braden Point missing for the Lightning made it even more pronounced. But uh, other than that 7-0 runaway um in in Colorado in the first two games like that series was it was a coin flip a lot of time even though Colorado you know was the better team Sean Rourke NHL.com here kind enough to stop by and chat with us just recapping a bit of the 
past NHL season as we look ahead we turn the page to a new season that hard to believe Sean's going to be getting going in about uh well three months or so from uh from right now it's an off season that's going to go by pretty quickly what's your your favorite Paul Maurice coaching attribute communication I like for especially for writers like he he's so good at explaining the game and and broadcasters and whoever else people that need to bring the game to the fans Paul Maurice is is unbelievable in in explaining what he wants to do why he wants to do it how you go about doing it and, and he does that for the players as well as as you know the outside people the media and everybody else that's responsible for kind of getting that message to the fans um, so you'll know what to expect as a player. You'll know why it's expected, which I think for young players is really important. You know, you don't you don't have too many of those. It's my way or the highway guys left in the league anymore because young players have grown up, you know, watching video and being told why they have to do certain things and and having a say in how they approach the game and and how their their skill can be utilized the best and i think you know paul maurice is very adaptable he's a really smart hockey man and he's a good man like and and to me that's it like he you'll always know where you stand with paul maurice and i think that's really important sean rourke nhl.com here with us and sean taking a look at the atlantic division i know over the course of the offseason there's a lot that can unfold and there are a lot of things that can i guess uh, take shape but in looking at the atlantic division uh could this be the toughest division in the National Hockey League? I mean, uh, the Panthers, the Leafs figure to be in the mix and very good again. Tampa Bay, uh, they're not going anywhere, even though, uh, you know, there are some miles on those tires there at the Lightning. As long as Andre Vasilevsky's in his prime, that's going to be a team that can contend. The Boston Bruins, maybe uh, with the talented roster, they're just missing a lot of it uh, going into the season. So it could be some tough sledding for them, but... Then you've got teams like Ottawa, like Detroit, that figure to be on the way up and at least hang around. What do you make of the Atlantic Division overall? Yeah, no, I, I think it is, you know, I, I think you can make an argument for the Central Division with the Stanley Cup champion living there and, and a really good Blues team, a Minnesota team that, that, that's pretty decent, um, you know, but I, I think maybe from top to bottom, that Atlantic Division is really good. Look, somebody is going to be out in the first round again. Somebody that's really good. Um, or the second round because of how loaded that division is. Like, you know, Toronto's going nowhere, and, and they're very much like Florida. Like, they keep losing in the first round. At some point, they're going to put it all together. They need to find a goaltender. You know, it looks like Jack Campbell's not coming back. Uh, you know, as of, you know, us doing this today, that's kind of where it stands um, in the negotiations. So they need to find a goaltender. But, you know, Austin Matthews is making an argument that he might be the best player in the league. Um, they have some depth. Up. They, you know, they made some moves to try and get out of the first round, and they and they couldn't do it. And they look, they've had some horrible draws. Um, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, Toronto can't win." Well, they were three up, three one up on the defending Stanley Cup champions, and they just couldn't put them away. So, you know, they learned those lessons. I, I'm with you. I don't believe Tampa Bay's done at all. Um, it, it's not only Vasilevsky; it's, it's 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 that whole core. Like they love to win; they're addicted to it now. John Cooper is the most underrated coach in the league. Everybody thinks he just throws a bunch of guys out there and they win, and that's not the case at all. Um, so yeah, they're not done. You wonder what's going to happen with Boston, with with Bergeron and, and Marchand out, and and you know their defense a little bit banged up. A new coach in, in Montgomery. Um, but they've always been good and, and they know their windows closing. So I think they'll, they'll figure it out at some point. And then, like you said, there are those teams that are coming and, and, 
you know, one of them's going to figure it out and it's going to make life miserable for, for the rest of them. So um, I don't think there's going to be many ga- easy games uh, within the division this year. Yeah. No off nights in the Atlantic division. That's been the case uh, for a while, maybe uh, more than ever uh, here at this point in time, Sean Rourke, NHL.com here with us, uh, Sean, last couple before we let you get going here. Uh, is there a, a subplot, a storyline, something between now and when things get going for real early in October, some sort of off-season storyline that maybe uh, has you the most interested? Yeah, I, I mean, there's a ton, right? Free agency starts in less than a week. Um, you know, there's a flat cap. You know, what are the Penguins going to do with Malkin? They, they just signed Latang and and Chris Latang, and now they still have Malkin left. Are they going to keep that trio together and, you know, try and win one more time with, with their base? Uh, very Again, very much like Tampa Bay has kind of kept their base together. Can they do it with the salary cap and a flat cap? But to me, it's, it's the goalies, right? Like everybody needs a goalie. Everybody wants a goalie. Everybody looks and sees what Colorado did with two goalies. They needed two goalies to win the cup. You know, there's not a lot of Vasilevskis out there. Um, so you need, if you want to be competitive, you need two goalies and there's not a ton out there. So the asking price is going to be ridiculous, you know, for guys like Flurry and Kemper, who's a free agent and, and um, you know, other goalies of that ilk, uh, Campbell, like we talked about. So I think as you get close to free agency and then into free agency, the goalie carousel is just going to start spinning furiously. And at the end, somebody's going to be really disappointed. And because nobody wants that disappointment, I, I think the market is going to be pretty robust for goalies and, and somebody's going to overpay at some point. And, uh, and Sean, just uh, one last one here about, uh, about this draft that's ongoing. And as you talk to people gearing up for this draft, did you sense that there were maybe some, some challenges in terms of evaluating and, and any maybe overarching themes that have come from the uh, lead up to this draft because so many guys missed key development time. Uh, you know, a lot of guys, for example, especially guys in the Ontario Hockey League uh, missed a, a lot of time. So there could be some real diamonds in the rough coming out of this draft just because we have a smaller body of work to look at for a number of these players. Yeah, no, I, and, and I, I think that is the case, and it's a really important year. You know, in the last couple of days, we've been talking to some of the top guys, and they've talked about, you know, losing that time and, and, and trying to make up for it and trying to rush through and, you know, not being at their best this year. Like even Shane Wright, who, you know, is a superior hockey player, is going to, you know, the top guy going into the draft, like – he didn't have the year that everybody thought he was going to have. And it kind of opened up that board and, you know, they were like, well, maybe there's another number one, but he didn't have the year that he thought he was going to have because, and he still had 94 points in the OHL, which is no, uh, is a mean feat because it's not as offensive as, as the, the Quebec league. And, but he didn't have the year he wanted because he was making up for his lost time. Right. It's not like he sat around and watched TV and played video games. Like I did. Um, It's that, you know, he could only work in the gym. He couldn't work on his skating as much. He couldn't work a very cerebral player. He, he, he wasn't playing with teammates and, and kind of staying sharp. So it, people are really going to have to count on their talent evaluators. And it's not going to be about gameplay. It's going to be looking at players and it's going to be like, I know this guy didn't have a lot of points. I know this didn't happen or this did happen. But look at his skills, right? Look at how he skates. Look at how he shoots. Look at the way he thinks the game. And there's, you know, it's always a crapshoot. You know, you go back and you look at drafts and you're like, oh, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe Patrice Bergeron was picked, you know, late in the second round or Pavel Datsyuk in the last round. The Or, you know, uh, 
the opposite way. I can't believe this guy was picked in the first round and he never panned out. It's because you're projecting four years down the road. You're not projecting who's the best player today. You're projecting who's going to be the best player in four years. And those are huge four years. You're going from a 17 year old to a 21 year old man. And, and, you know, the best player right now, it most likely isn't going to be the best player in four years. So you really have to trust your, your talent evaluators. Um, but if there's, I think there's going to be a lot of misses and there's going to be a chance late in the draft to really get some talent that's kind of slipped down because the numbers don't jibe with the eye test and teams are going to be afraid to waste draft capital on something that they don't feel overly comfortable about. He's Sean Rourke from NHL.com, Senior Director of Editorial there. Sean, tell everybody out there where they can find you as always. I know you've got your podcast with uh, with Dan Rosen. You're always active on Twitter. Lots of stuff going on at NHL.com. I know you're up in Montreal right now. Uh, tell all the folks where they can find you. Yeah, so look, for draft coverage, NHL.com is going to be the place to be. We have two draft guys that do it all year, Mike Morial and, and Adam Kimmelman, and they're fantastic. We'll have a live uh uh, tracker for both days of, of you know the pick by pick we'll have analysis we have a we have a uh, nine person crew up here so nothing's going to go unnoticed there's going to be a lot of news non-draft news you know free agencies a few days away I think there's going to be a lot of trades so we'll have it all covered like you mentioned Dan Rosen and I do an at the rink podcast uh, our, our new episode just dropped uh, yesterday from live from here in Montreal and we talked about the draft a little bit with Mike Morial and then we talked about some of these off-season themes that you've talked about with that we've just talked about. So, um, and then, you know, Twitter S Rourke underscore NHL. So, um, you know, follow us at NHL.com too on Twitter and, um, you know, you'll get all your information there and, you know, keep listening to Doug cause Doug knows it all when it comes to Florida Panthers. And I'm always happy to be on with him and, uh, chat a little bit about, uh, hockey in, in Florida and to the rapid fan base you guys have there. Well, thank you very much, Sean. And uh, I know I can't have you on the program without asking. I know you you might not be spinning things in your CD player, but what's spinning in your CD player right now? That might be symbolic for what what's on your Spotify right now. But uh, but what have you been listening to? Uh, you know, I've I've been uh, more. Usually, we talk a lot of metal. I've been more into hardcore a little bit lately. Uh, a couple of a uh, couple of really good bands employed to serve. Um, and then there's this Ukrainian band. They're not really hardcore a band called Ginger. It's really good. Um, but this week I'm in Montreal and I'll never be upset about being in Montreal, but back home in New Jersey and Philly this weekend is the, um, this is hardcore festival, which oh. is one of the best festivals around and, uh, terrors playing old school terror, mad ball. Um, and if I wasn't here in Montreal eating smoked meat and covering the draft, I'd be there. So I'm probably safer here just by a little bit. I had a chance to see terror once uh, a number of years ago at the Vans Warp tour. And it was, uh, it was intense. I'll put it that way, but it was, a yeah, lot I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little too old for the mosh pit. So I'm probably a little bit safer here. Well, uh, always great to have you on the show. Talking hockey, talking music, Sean Rourke from NHL.com. We thank you very much for uh, taking some time out. And you're not just a guest. You're a friend of the program. Your status has been elevated to a friend of the program. So we, we thank you very much, Sean, for stopping by. Awesome. I'm happy to do it anytime. Have a great, really short summer, and we'll get back after it in less than three months now. Big thanks, Sean Rourke, NHL.com, for stopping yeah. by, director of editorial and uh, director of editorial, NHL.com, and also a big time metal guy. I always like to get his thoughts on what he's listening to because he is. Uh, yeah, tuned he made into some real good metal. points, too. That was, uh, 
That was very informative. Yeah, and he's one of those guys in the national media, Randy, who's uh, always uh, he's he's been he's seen what the Panthers are building for for a while here, and he's been keen to it. He knows how how good some of these players that have been ascending for the Panthers are, and just how close this uh, Panthers team is. And the other thing, can't uh, can't thank him enough. Whether it's uh, whether it's for one of our season preview shows, the draft show, for territory talk podcasts, always available and uh, always ready to help out, and uh, and he's very generous with his time. So I uh, can't thank him enough for stopping by and taking more time out for us this evening. A couple of uh, picks to update you on Nashville at number 17, right winger out of Finland, Joachim Kimmel. And then the Dallas Stars just choosing a six foot six inch, 225 pound Swedish defenseman, Leon Bixel at uh, number 18. Six. Jim Nill picking a, a, a big defenseman there. Yeah, six foot six at 18 years old. And they might be losing a Swedish defenseman in John Klingberg uh, as uh, uh, that's one of the things that's got to be ironed out uh, at some point uh, here as free agency approaches, but uh, they draft and, the defenseman out of Sweden. And now, you know, you get into the 18, 19, 20, 20th pick in the draft. A, a lot of these these picks now, this is where the scouting and, and you know, the, the organizations for these teams, they got to be on the same page because very rarely will you see uh, uh, players that are picked this late in the first round, actually uh, making the team. Mm-hmm. So it's very important for their development, where they are going to play next year, and and that's where the player development and to watch them closely and make sure that uh, keep close tabs and eyes on because uh, – for, for the most part, they won't see, you know, they won't crack the NHL roster this year. And that's something, uh, you know, we, we've mentioned it quite a bit over the years in our draft shows, Randy, and I know we have a lot of folks year after year who, you know, we have our people that are locked in with us every single year, and over the years we're probably getting people who are jumping on for the first time, getting exposed to the NHL draft for the first time. And I, I know if you're familiar with the NFL draft, the NBA draft, a lot of times in those drafts, teams are drafting to address a specific need on their roster. And players are coming out of either pro leagues in Europe, in the case of basketball, or in the case of the NFL and the NBA, coming out of big-time college programs. You're familiar with seeing these guys playing on ESPN, things like that throughout their athletic seasons. 21, 22 years old. Yep, exactly. And and there's a big difference. These, These guys being drafted in the NHL draft, they're 18. 18's your draft year. So you're there's a big difference. 18 to 21, 22, you could put on 15, 20 pounds. You could gain you could gain inches uh, in your height. So there is a, it's a it's a project with some of these guys. But I understand as well. Maybe it's it's tough in some ways to follow because some teams are picking guy. You're, you're a lot of guys here. You're not gonna see potentially in the National Hockey League if you do see them in the National Hockey League. It might be two, three, four years down the road, five years down the road. Yep. Only the guys at the top, if even those guys, are likely going to have a chance to jump right into their NHL team. So that's where the NHL draft is a little bit different, Randy. I realize that, and it makes it a little maybe tough for some people to follow out there, but it's because in the NFL and NBA drafts, you're drafting for a need. In the NHL draft, most of these guys not going to the National Hockey League next season. Yeah, and that's where the onus is on the scouting. And, and the it, development. The yep. development. 
And uh, I'm just so impressed with some of these players that are being picked right now, like the last one there by the Dallas Stars, six foot six, two hundred twenty pounds. He's eighteen years old. And another kid from Jurgarden. I think we've seen uh, three guys from Jurgarden in Sweden in the last five picks. Now another guy from Sweden. So uh, yeah, we've got. Uh, a lot of Swedes going off the board here in uh, round one as well. We'll step aside. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. Our night one coverage of the uh, NHL draft. Our number three winding down. Doug Plagans, Red Deer, Randy Moeller here with you. It's the NHL draft 2022. It's up in Montreal. We've got you covered from down here in South Florida right here on 560 Sports WQAM. Florida Panthers NHL draft coverage continues on the home of the Panthers. AM 560 Sports, WQAM, FM 99.9 HD2, and streaming on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. Winding down our draft coverage. Doug Plagans, Red Deer, Randy Moeller here with you. The Panthers schedule, it's out. Your cats are back at home on October 19th against Philadelphia. You can download the full schedule at floridapanthers.com slash schedule to see your cats back on the ice. Big thanks, Sean Rourke, NHL.com, for taking some time out for us today. George Richards from Florida Hockey Now for stopping by. Jamison Olive from the draft floor in Montreal. He's joined us back in the first segment. Tomorrow, by the way, before we get to recapping the day that was here, talking a little bit more about night one of this draft, uh, we are with you again noon to 2 tomorrow. Tomorrow, so you don't want to miss that. We'll have you covered, and the Panthers will be selecting tomorrow. Their first pick will be the third round, number 93 overall. So we'll have that and more for you coming up tomorrow, noon to 2, right here on 560 Sports WQAM. So noon to 2 tomorrow, you get Randy and I once again with more draft coverage. We always look forward to this every single year bring you coverage of the NHL draft. So, again, more of it coming your way tomorrow. You can always tweet us at Doug Plagans, at Hey Red Deer. Always like to hear from all the folks tuned in out there. And when we're off the air tomorrow and when we're off the air tonight and when you get up tomorrow morning, head on over to FloridaPanthers.com. Jamison Olive's always got stuff for you there. You can follow him on Twitter. He's up in Montreal with all the latest. So, again, uh, always doing great work. You can follow along. We've got you covered from every angle here as far as our Florida Panthers draft coverage is concerned. So uh, lots to get to as we look ahead to day number two of the NHL draft. But, uh, Randy, the action up in Montreal tonight has been nonstop since the start. We haven't seen much in the way of trades since the Canadians were busy there with a couple of deals. But uh, it's been it's been a, a draft order that I think a lot of people maybe didn't see coming, especially right off the top. We've seen some teams maybe go a few spots uh, you know, further to get their guy. You mentioned Anaheim, a guy that was ranked about 18th. They went and grabbed him at number 10. And, so yep. sometimes you, you identify your guy and you just go and get him. Uh, we've seen a lot of good storylines. We've seen a lot of good activity. It's been fun to watch in the draft back in person. We talked about that right off the top tonight. But aside from the hockey, aside from the trades, aside from contracts and all the different nitty-gritty that we get into talking about this time of the year in the National Hockey League, the first thing on a lot of people's minds was that everybody was back under one roof doing a draft in person again after a couple of virtual drafts. The virtual drafts worked out great, but you could tell there's a lot of excitement just with the fact that yeah. this draft is back in person again. Yeah, and have it in Montreal and, and the atmosphere and the celebration of, of the game of hockey. and uh, it, That is great to see. And uh, 
now we'll turn the page. I mean, we've seen this, uh, the majority of this first round. Now tomorrow you and I are going to have a lot of fun because the Panthers have six draft picks and uh, we'll hopefully be able to get in one or two. And when we go on the air and we'll see where the Panthers, uh, how they stockpile some of these prospects. And it's going to be very important for them. And things kick off. Actually, the draft, they start making picks at 11, 11 tomorrow o'clock. morning. So we come on the air at noon. The Panthers don't pick in the second round. So that gives us a chance to get some of that second yep. round out of the way. When we get on the air, we're probably not going to be too far off from the Panthers making that third round selection. So that's going to be good timing for us. We're going to get on the air. And also in mentioning tomorrow's show, we've got Panthers president, CEO, Matt Caldwell, set to join us right off the top. So we'll have that coming up yeah, you won't at noon miss tomorrow. That. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. A lot, a lot of great things to talk about. So. Yeah. Looking forward to that conversation. We'll uh, talk about uh, talk all things Panthers with President CEO Matt Caldwell right out of the gate tomorrow at noon when we get going. So we'll have that for you. And also, uh, my friend and yours, the Blonde Bomber, Billy Lindsay, is going to be stopping by coming up during tomorrow's show as well. So uh, lots of fun. In addition to all the Panthers draft picks, lots to get to tomorrow. Yeah, and, and with Matt Caldwell, the Panthers uh, president, CEO, uh, we talk about a lot of uh, exciting things that fans can look forward to. Is with the start of the season and the off season, they're working hard and um, all the stuff the, off the ice as far as your sporting entertainment when you come and watch Florida Panthers games and that. And, and you mentioned it a couple of times, Panthers, like, a, like every team, but the Panthers do a phenomenal job to follow along uh, tomorrow in the draft and the stories that will be from the players that they'll have that they've drafted and they'll be coming into development camp. It gets very busy. And yeah, then, kicks up next week with development camp, and then so. uh, free agency starts on the on the 13th. Yep. And Normally in the in the conventional calendar would have been July 1st, but uh, July 13th, kind of getting closer and closer, Randy, to getting things back to the uh, conventional calendar yeah. as we move ahead. So, yeah. and it won't be long before the Panthers will be having rookie camp and then main camp, and we'll yep. go right into the preseason. I'm looking forward to, as I mentioned at the start of the show, the two preseason games the Panthers will have with the their arch rivals, their cross-state rivals, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, the Panthers' schedule, preseason, regular season, it's all available at FloridaPanthers.com. You can check that out. Panthers open their season on Thursday the 13th of October on the road against the New York Islanders at the new building up there uh, in uh, on Long Island. So they'll play the uh, Islanders on the 13th of October at Buffalo on the 15th, at Boston on the 17th, the home opener the 19th of October. That is a Wednesday night against Philadelphia. So you can look forward to that one coming up on Wednesday, October 19th. The Lightning come in a Friday night game at FLA Live Arena against Tampa Bay. So we'll have and, that for and you. Tomorrow, and tomorrow we'll continue on. We'll take all your tweets and yep. we'll do some shout outs shout outs as well and uh continue to have some fun yeah lots to get to tomorrow of course uh, with the draft coverage continuing as we head down the stretch here randy uh, with everybody for about another five minutes or so here uh i guess the big thing for you this is and we've talked about this right off the top before when we've done previous draft shows but this this event, uh, whether you're whether it's a player being picked first overall or a guy who gets his name called 220th overall in the seventh round, uh, and whether it's a guy who goes on to have a Hall of Fame career or a guy who goes on to get a cup of coffee in the National Hockey League or a guy who goes on to just a, a long professional career, maybe playing in North America or elsewhere, this is a night 
or a, a couple of day span where a lot of dreams are realized. You see the joy in the faces of the family members when the kids' names get called. Uh, this is a life-changing event and a life goal for a lot of these guys. And Randy, you got to experience it uh, firsthand. But can you really, ju- can you even quantify just how special these couple of days are for for hockey players and for families across the world? Well, when, when I got drafted, it wasn't even televised. There was no radio coverage. There was nothing. And, uh, you know, so my parents, uh, my family were back in Red Deer, and I went to the draft, an invitation from my agent, not knowing what was going on. Uh, Had a couple of meetings, met some teams the night before. And then you show up at the draft, and I was told by the Quebec Nordiques, they told my agent that if I was available 11th overall, they were taking me, and that's exactly what happened. Um but, yeah, the, the media coverage just wasn't there at that time. I'm so happy that these, these players are now are getting the media exposure and the, the growth of the game is benefiting from that, from the way they, they stage. The NHL does a fantastic job with this. This is a premier event that they mm-hmm. put on, and there's a lot of interest around the world. There's players that are picked from so many countries around the world that are watching this right now and a special time for these players these prospects and their families and the coaches and the billets and the teachers and the gym teachers and the uh you know the neighbors and everybody along the way that helped these young players get to this uh, pinnacle of, of being drafted and to start their their professional careers is is something that uh is really special if you're ever involved with it and these scouts how hard they work in finding these players and identifying these players, and then hopefully these players become great players and uh, uh, impact players mm-hmm. in the NHL. And look how proud are the scouting staff for the Florida Panthers have been with, with Anton Lundell. Oh, yeah. They, they, they knew that they had something special. And I the praise they've gotten from across the whole hockey world for that selection. Yeah, yeah. And there was, it opened up a lot of eyes, and people that were like, whoa. And look how that's turned out and how that is blossoming. Yeah, it's uh, going to be fun to watch. And, Randy, you talked about hockey's the universal language. I tell you what, you look at this draft, you talk about how global this event is. Of course, we're we're through right now. We're through 21 picks. Uh, Owen Pickering uh, going to Pittsburgh. Another defenseman off the board, a 6'4 defenseman who had uh, – I was doing some pre-draft reading, Randy. Uh, Owen Pickering, a heck of a growth spurt that he had. Coming from Swift Current in the WHL. I believe you've also been to Swift Current uh, oh, yes. a time or two. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Now, when I played junior hockey, the Swift Current Broncos were not in the league at that time. Uh, they were still the Leftbridge Broncos. And but the story is there was a place that we used to stop in Swift Current when we were on our way to Saskatoon. We'd uh, we'd drive for a few hours, stop in Swift Current, at, just a little bit south of Saskatoon, the old side. Uh, oh yeah, just a little bit south, and and have our pregame meal at this restaurant, and then get back on the bus, bus into Saskatoon, play the game, and then drive all the way home, which was about eight hours. And that was we never thought anything of it. You know, our dreams of playing in the National Hockey League are. We're right there. We wanted yeah. to, the sacrifice and that. Um, there were long bus rides, but it was all worth it. Yeah, and uh, we talk about the global nature, Randy, of this draft. In the first 21 picks, of course, the U.S. and Canada, Slovakia, Sweden, the Czech Republic, Austria, Russia, Finland. Uh, again, this is uh, just a such a such a global event, the number of – 
different countries that have been represented already just through 21 picks in this draft. Uh, it's, it's really something special. It shows you just how much great hockey talent there is across the world and how great the development systems have gotten to be in so many different countries around the world. And it's made this event, the NHL Draft, one of the benchmark weekends of the entire hockey calendar that's about it for us here on night one we want to thank all of you for being on board with us you can follow along floridapanthers.com has all your information as far as the draft is concerned we'll be back on with you tomorrow noon to two right here on 560 sports wqam we'll be joined tomorrow we've got uh panthers president ceo matt caldwell stopping by we've got billy Lindsay stopping by uh not ruling out the possibility of being able to get one of the panthers draft picks on the air also uh if things work out logistically as far as that's concerned so we've got lots of fun to be had tomorrow with you right here on the airwaves as well I want to thank george richards sean rourke from nhl.com I want to thank jameson olive for stopping by throughout the program here this evening we had some sound from bill zito as well earlier on in the program tonight big thanks to danny garcia on the other side of the glass great job as always danny and uh, randy moeller great work as always i'm doug plagans again we invite you back some lunchtime draft coverage tomorrow noon to too we won't tell the boss if you put us on at noon during your lunch hour uh listen with us to the nhl draft coverage we'll have you all ready to go uh in about 14 hours time back on the air with you and the panthers selecting tomorrow so you don't want to miss any of it for randy moeller for danny garcia behind the glass i'm doug plagans we thank you very much for tuning in this has been our night one coverage of the nhl draft right here on 560 sports wqam you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.